What's going on, everybody? Today, we're going to talk about the crazy $118 billion bill that they're trying to pass through Congress for Israel, Ukraine, and the border. And today, I'm going to tell you stuff that you're not going to hear from RFK Jr., the Trump family, or most Republicans or liberals, for that matter, because for some reason, everybody's just playing a little bit stupid when it comes to this topic, and I'm not going to. So hope you guys enjoy the show. Dreamer podcast starts now it's the dream rare podcast welcome to the show the way to get the news at the desk or on the road let's go god is great and success in our control the world is crazy but we get better from obstacles yeah what's going on everybody i'm gonna check the chat real quick we got marmar lithos eddie med something med medusoid med, what is that like a medusa anyway allison marla we got facebook we got youtube all looks good. I'm going to look away in a second and start the show. Thank you guys for being here. I'm a, I'm a little bit under the weather today, so hopefully it doesn't affect my performance, but I had a crazy headache yesterday. I didn't get sick all winter, so I thought I was in the in the clear. Apparently not. So there was a bill that passed, or, or they're trying, I'm sorry, it did not pass, but they're trying to pass. It's $118 billion. I believe it's $20 billion for Israel, $60 billion. I have, hold on one second. Here it is. It's a $118 billion bipartisan bill, $60 billion in military aid for Ukraine, $14 billion for Israel, and $20 billion for border security. So those are the official numbers. Before I look into all that, I just want to show you guys something because I, I look at RFK and Don Jr. They're tweeting about this. They're trying to act like we're only giving money to Ukraine. Like they're all acting like Israel's not a part of it. And uh, I think I know why. Here's Mike Johnson when he first got in at the Speaker of House. The first thing he did, keep in mind, he works for the United States of America. We're facing inflation. Inflation. We just had this three-year COVID pharmaceutical bonanza. A lot of people in this country are struggling. And this is the first thing that he said that he would do. And then we're going to look at why, because one of his biggest contributors is literally that foreign policy. Let's take a look. Extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body, and we must not waver. Our, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear, dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. So this is an Intercept article from recently. It says, after House Speaker Mike Johnson pushed through Israel aid packets, APAC cash came flowing in. The pro-Israel lobby donated around $95,000 to Johnson after he led the House passage of an extra $14 billion in aid to Israel. So, you know, nobody in the Republican Party will talk about this because they're all either in on it or they know that talking about this will lose their seat at the table. So they have to play stupid in order just to be there to distract you and lie to you and constantly run you in circles. But, you know, it's not normal for a guy from one country to say that the first thing he's going to do in office is going to be give money to another country. But you could see if you look at the money, there's a lobbying group that just pays him when he does that. I mean, what a good deal for them. What they give him 95,000 and then 14 billion. Fascinating. But uh, you can't talk about this if you're RFK or Don Jr. or any of these people. You have to constantly just run people in circles and act stupid when it comes to this stuff. 
Let me show you real quick before we get into the Ukraine part of it, which is obviously bigger. Here's why everybody's afraid to talk about it. Thomas Massey's the only decent person in Congress, and he constantly gets smeared as anti-Semitic for having a anti-foreign policy concept because he thinks that American taxpayers lose money whenever foreign aid goes anywhere. So he's consistent, doesn't have to do it just Ukraine or Israel. He's been this way his whole career, but look at how they treat him. And this is not just left-wing press. This is a guy who's a columnist for the New York Post, which is right-wing. The right-wing will hate you just as much as the left if you tell the truth about this stuff. Let's take a look. So Thomas Massey tweeted, he said, the speaker just announced that next week the House will vote on a clean bill to send to Israel $14.3 billion. Israel has a lower debt to GDP ratio than the United States. The spending package has no offsets, so it will increase our debt by $14.3 billion plus interest. I'm a no. And keep in mind, we just showed you that the speaker is taking lobbying money to do this type of stuff. And Thomas goes, listen, it's going to increase our debt. We can't do it right now. This is John Pode Horitz from the New York Post. He's a columnist. He said, of course you're a no, you disingenuous piece of anti-Semitic filth. So that's what you're considered if you don't want to put America $14.3 billion in debt because you know the country you're giving money to has money of their own. You'd get smeared by the American press as anti-Semitic filth. To which Thomas Massey uh, heroically responds. I'll show you his response in a second when it pops up. He said, so now if I don't vote for a massive foreign aid that goes primarily to the military industrial complex, I'm anti-Semitic filth. Your unfounded slurs will not change my vote because America is broke and my constituents can afford no more. So Thomas Massey, like I said, everyone always asks me, like, who do you like? Who do you like? And it's like, I like Thomas Massey. He's the only good person in Congress. Everybody else, they're just acting, in my opinion, or they're afraid because first they come at you with money. And they try to buy you like Speaker Johnson and most of Congress. You know, Trump said he'd never take donor money. He took hundreds of millions of dollars from mega donors and corporations. The reason Trump hired the swamp was because he got paid off like every other politician, just like Mike Johnson, all of them. If they can't buy you out and pay you out, then they try to shame you and call you slurs in left wing press and right wing press. They try to ruin your name. They try to ruin your family name and they try to harass you for the rest of your life, hoping that you bow down, apologize and then push their foreign policy. Thomas Massey is the only one that doesn't seem to care. He's like, call, call me what you want. Offer me all the money in the world. I'm not budging. I believe that $14 billion in foreign aid to a foreign country is going to increase the debt. And he calls it, I've listened to many uh, interviews of his. He says that it all leads towards inflation because if you print the money, that's inflation. If it's taxpayer money, you're taking money from taxpayers and you're sending it to a foreign country. How come no foreign countries send us money? Isn't America a great ally? Like, how come no none of our allies are out there being like, oh, we got to build America a border wall. Look at the look at the border in America. It's crazy because none of our allies were like an open piggy bank because all of our po politicians are compromised and they're just funneling American taxpayer money out of us. And they call you pro Putin or anti-Semitic or some slur, depending which country is stealing our money at the time. And you're a horrible, terrible person, says the a quote unquote American press if you ever notice what they're doing, because none of our allies are jumping at the gills to, to finish our border wall or to secure our border, because America is just an open vessel for the whole world to just take advantage of. All right, let's get into the second part. I got more. Breaking. So the U.S. Senate released a draft of the $118 billion bipartisan bill, which would provide $60 billion in military aid to Ukraine, a lot. 14 billion in Israel, status quo, and 20 billion for border security. So 
we're not allowed to have border security in America unless we're being held for ransom over foreign aid for two other countries. God forbid we just build our border. No, we have to give even more money to the rest of the world. It's like a humiliation ritual. Uh, Don Jr. says, Mitch McConnell and James Lankford are selling out America with their mass amnesty Ukraine bailout deal. Pass it on. Notice he didn't mention Israel. It's not just a mass amnesty Ukraine bailout deal. It's also giving $14 billion to Israel. But Don Jr. can't say Israel because no one in the Republican Party can say Israel unless they're giving money to them or saying that they should literally own our Congress, which Don said we'll look later. But in general, so James Lankford. Oh, you mean the James Lankford that Donald Trump endorsed just like a year and a half ago or Mitch McConnell that Trump endorsed in 2020? It's like all these people that are fighting us are literally people he endorsed. Robert Kennedy Jr. said the Senate bill is a disaster. We've already spent $113 billion on the proxy war in Ukraine, requesting an additional $60 billion when we have so many problems at home, including inflation and the border crisis is reckless. No more money for Ukraine until we have a secure border, a booming economy, and pay off of some $34 trillion of our debt with a picture of Zelensky and Biden. Notice he didn't mention the other country that's getting $14 billion. How come Robert Kennedy can't mention Israel? How come Don Jr. can't mention Israel? They have to just play stupid and act like we're only sending money to Ukraine. Yes, it's more, but the whole bill is not that. If you look it up, this is from JewishVirtualLibrary.com. We've given $120 billion in assistance since 1973 to Israel. I wonder if that number is higher now. I don't know when that web is, uh, article is from. But let's listen to a few clips of RFK and Trump, and then we're going to move on. Listen to these clips very carefully. I, I don't agree with that. But, okay, do you have concerns about um, the the level of... Israeli influence in our, our politics here in the United States of America. I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not a politician in political office, so I don't see much of that. Well, you know, the biggest change I've seen in Congress is Israel literally owned Congress. You understand that 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it was so powerful. It was so powerful. And today it's almost the opposite. Uh, you have between AOC and Omar and these people that hate Israel. They hate it with a passion. They're controlling Congress. And Israel is not a force in Congress anymore. It's, I mean, it's just amazing. I've never seen such a change. And we're not talking about over a very long period of time. But I think you know exactly what, I, what I'm saying. They had such power. Israel had such power and rightfully over Congress. And now it doesn't. It's mm -hmm. incredible, actually. So Donald Trump, who is the former president of the United States, says that a foreign country should literally own our Congress. And it's bad that they don't completely own our Congress, which is weird because he names a few congressmen who have like no power, Ilhan Omar, AOC, who constantly get condemned by 99% of Congress. And on certain spending bills, there's only nine votes against it. So Trump's painting this false picture as if, you know, there used to be a day when they totally controlled Congress, but now it's just totally different. And then the press called him anti-Semitic because they said it's an anti-Semitic trope that he said that Israel controls Congress. That's anti-Semitism from Trump suggesting that that ever happened because it totally doesn't. Right. Um, and then with RFK, he says, I'm, I'm not a politician. I don't really, you know, I can't really tell if like Israel has like any like lobbying power over Congress because I'm not a politician. It's like, 
So you're running for the president of the United States, but you don't know that? You seem to know a lot about Ukraine. You know everything about Ukraine. You know everything about Big Pharma. You're running for the president of the United States. You're talking about every topic. You've lived in this country for 70 years. You're very knowledgeable about literally everything, and you don't have to be a politician to be knowledgeable about everything. RFK knows everything. But when it comes to Dave Smith, who, by the way, great guy, great American, honest guy, you know, ask him a question. Do you notice like any lobbying power with Israel? And all of a sudden now RFK is this like five IQ dingbat who's just like, I'm not, I'm not a politician. I don't notice that. Of course he notices that. He just can't say that. Just like Don Jr. can't say that. Just like Trump can't say that. Just like everybody in Congress refuses to say, except for Thomas Massey. So this is like the false paradigm of American politics. If you're a Democrat, they just yell at Trump and, you know, Mitch McConnell and abortion or whatever the left is doing. And they wear masks and block, you know, I guess like airports for Palestine and they throw Campbell's soup at the Mona Lisa for climate change. And it's like, well, who wants to be on that side? And then you're like, oh, I want to be on the right side with Don Jr. and RFK. I know he's not right wing, but people do like him where you look at a bill that's going to give money to Ukraine and Israel and you just act like the Israel part's not in it. You're just like because they want to give money to Israel, just like Speaker Johnson. I mean, I could play the clip again. He's getting paid by an Israel lobby. So every time he sends money, then they just send, they're like, here, thank you. And then it's like, if you talk about it though, you're kicked out. You can't hang out at the Daily Wire. You can't hang out at Mar-a-Lago. Like in order to be in these circles, you have to either be completely in on it or just play stupid. And someone said to me with the one interview, they're like, how come the guy didn't push back against Trump talking about Congress that way? It's like, because either they completely agree with it and they're fine with it or they know the consequences of ever speaking about it. So it's kind of like the unwritten rule in Republican politics is you have to say that it's okay to give hundreds of billions of dollars to that foreign country. You have to be pro First Amendment only to an extent, because if you believe in the First Amendment more than you believe in the Zionist Israeli speech laws that Donald Trump is passing, then you're a bad person and you get kicked out and everybody harasses you. So you actually can't even believe in the First Amendment to be a true conservative patriot, Trump supporter, or whatever these people are. Like, you're not allowed to do that. The second that you speak out and you notice that Governor Kemp, Governor Youngkin, Trump, DeSantis, all of them are passing the same definition of anti-Semitism, which is an 11-part hate speech de like declaration of what you can't say in terms of Israel and anything Jewish. It's like these hate speech rules that are being normalized in law and passed in like this totally against the first amendment but you're not allowed to talk about that if you want to hang out in these circles you have to be like trump jr and just play stupid and say it's only ukraine and when it comes to Zelensky in ukraine i mean you have to just do like half-assed analysis on Zelensky. like who's Zelensky? how did he get there you know everybody knows he had a television show where he was uh, perceived as the president of ukraine which elevated his status who funded his television station, who funded that his presidential campaign. It's a man named Kolomoisky who apparently is now banned from the United States. But what was he doing? Which countries was he flying to? Which religious uh, institutions was he building? Some of the biggest ones in the world. I'll give you a hint. Wasn't Christian, wasn't Muslim. That's just the truth. This is uh, published in the Atlantic. This is mainstream stuff. But if you want to be a Republican and you want to be in the, these political circles, you have to just play stupid. You have to knock the IQ points down like 70 points and just feed the base slop. Just like Zelensky sucks. We know. Joe Biden sucks. We know. Democrats don't care about the border. We know. You know, Lankford or whatever his name was sucks. We know. But let's go a level deeper. Who endorsed him? Who put him there? 
Donald Trump. It's like, you know, if you stay on this cycle, you're constantly going to be outraged in a loop because you're never getting to the truth of what's really going on because you're not allowed to. Because just like Democrats, these politicians are being paid off or these politicians are being compromised in some way where they just can't speak about it. And I know that RFK knows this. I know that Trump knows it. He says he knows it. He's just like glad. He's like, yeah, that's we need a foreign country to control our country. And then look up the press. They said Trump is anti-Semitic for suggesting that this is possible because he himself passed a speech law to make what he said illegal. You're not allowed to say Israel or anything Jewish owns anything. That's anti-Semitism, not like, oh, that's racist. Like he, Trump is signing a law, an executive order when he was in president to say you're not allowed to say that these people control media. You're not allowed to say that these people control banking. You're not allowed to say that these people control politics. And he, Trump himself, pushed it into law. So then when he says stuff like that on a podcast, he's breaking his own anti-Semitism rule that he passed into legislation. And DeSantis passed it. And that's the Republican Party. I don't know what else to tell people. It's like I could sit here and play stupid like Cat Turd or Benny Johnson and tell you that Speaker Johnson's based and he's a Chad and Trump's fighting the deep state. But none of it's really true. It's not. And until people figure this stuff out, it, they're just going to be running in circles like Tom and Jerry. I want to show you a clip of this Maria Bartiromo uh, interview that he had recently where she was trying to speculate on who his vice president's going to be. And he's floating the idea. It's not official yet because he mentioned, I think, Christy Nome and Tim Scott, but he said it's not official. He explains why he likes Tim Scott. And before I play this clip, I'm going to go out there on a limb. I've never, Tim Scott's a nice guy. Like I'd love to like drink a hot chocolate with him and talk about, you know, like Teletubbies or something. I don't know what he's into. I mean, that's a little weird, but I, you know, like I would love to like, we could talk about like the Super Bowl or have like dumb conversations. You know, he seems like a really like nice guy, Tim Scott, but he's, he's Mike Pence. Tim Scott is Nikki Haley. Tim Scott is establishment. Tim Scott is Mitch McConnell. Tim Scott as a politician sucks. Like he's soft-spoken and nice, just like Mike Pence was nice. But like Tim Scott is just as swampy as Nikki Haley is. He just has like a goofy, you know, uh, like demeanor to him. So you think he's like way more innocent. So it's like, and I'm not saying he's like a horrible human being, but like I like Tim Scott as much as I like Mitch McConnell. In fact, you could probably make the case that Mitch McConnell has done more for Republicans than Tim Scott has because he's been in that high level position and gotten a few wins. Like I, I can't possibly think lower of Tim Scott when it comes to like how much I trust his politics and listen to why Trump is thinking about putting him as his vice president because Tim Scott sucks up to him. Donald Trump is the easiest person to trick because either he's the dumbest person alive or he's literally just in on it doing an acting show. But listen to why he likes Tim Scott. Listen to how many times he says me, me, me. It has nothing to do with you or the country or conservatism or it's just like he likes me. He me, me, me. He says nice things about me. I'm I get fooled by everyone. Let me pick the guy that just, you know, licks my boots. You know, I called Tim Scott this so because a lot of people like Tim Scott. I called him and I said, you're a much better candidate that for me than you are for yourself. When I watched him, he was fine, he was good, but he was very low-key, et cetera, et cetera. I watched him in the last week defending me and sticking up for me and fighting for me. I said, man, I said, you're a much better person for me than you are for yourself, because for himself, he was low-key. For me, he's been, he's been a real tiger. He's been incredible. Did you count how many times he said me? He stuck up for me. He defended me. He likes me. He talks about me. He talks about me more than he talks about him. He talks about me. He talks about me. It's about me. Me.
he doesn't talk about him. He talks about me. It's like because everyone knows in the Republican Party now the big grift is Donald Trump. Like it probably used to be the Koch brothers or it used to be like whoever the donors were, you know, like that used to be the grift of the Republican Party. So when that's the grift, all these like Tim Scott characters, they grift off that. As soon as they figured out that Trump is the new grift, they're just like, oh, let me defend Trump. And Trump's like, wow, Tim Scott's really learned his lesson. It's like, no, they just know. <laughs> they just know that that's how you get power in, in the Republican Party. So, you know, I have an unpopular opinion, clearly uh, not among like mainstream society, but maybe not among my audience. I'm not saying that Trump is like the worst person in the world. I'm not telling you not to vote for him. But this idol worship of Donald Trump is literally just kicking the can down the road and he's not going to fix America. He's not even trying. He's not that much different. If you look at all the stuff he does and who he hires, I would say it's even debatable to say that he's even better than other Republicans from the past. If you look at and I'm not saying that they're good, but if you look at George Bush Sr. and George Bush Jr., they picked Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. Those are two of the best Supreme Court judges. Clarence Thomas is 10 times better than Amy Coney Barrett. Sam Alito's 10 times better than Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett was a pro-lockdown, pro-mandate, you know, weirdo. And now Trump put her in the in Supreme Court for the next 40 years. He doesn't even pick good Supreme Court justices. He doesn't pick a good cabinet. He's not even really conservative. Like, he, people are just enthralled with this idea that he's somebody that he's not. But literally, you just have to stand next to him and be like, dude, your suit looks nice, bro. And he'll be like, wow, he likes me. He cares about me. He doesn't care about the country. He has no discernment. It's all like a it's all like a celebrity hangout. And I'm telling people not to be rude or mean. I don't I know this will be misconstrued, but I've been around since 2017, 2018 in this world. And I've seen the shift. Like a lot of people, they're, they're not thinking about you or the First Amendment. It's like a celebrity hangout. It's like the Grammys for Republicans. They just want to go to Mar-a-Lago and then they rub shoulders with these people and these people tell them, don't talk about this. I know these people, folks. I know what I was told not to say. I know where they tried to fly me. I know what they're doing. You might not think I'm like telling the truth, but I don't really care what people think because I know I'm telling the truth. So it's like, I know the game you have to play in order to maintain in those circles. And, and I just told you what it is. I mean, it's it's not a secret. It's just nobody wants to talk about it because there's now speech laws that say that you can't say what's happening is happening. And while they do it to you, you're not allowed to defend yourself because defending yourself against smears is anti-Semitism, apparently. And it's not just anti-Semitism like someone calling racism. Republicans are passing it into law. This country is being literally sold out by our own guys. Trump is in on it. DeSantis is in on it. RFK is in on it. Although he's not in office, but if he was, he'd be in on it. They're all in on it. And they're all just playing like a puppet Olympics. You know, I call it the Jeffrey Epstein Olympics now. It's just Jeffrey Epstein's friends pretending to be your best friend or like the cattle battle because the elites think you're cattle. And it's just like a, you know, the 2024 elections, like a cattle battle for all the sheeple to like, you know, yell at each other and be like, Anomaly, do you think Vivek's going to be vice president? It's like you sound like a 13-year-old Taylor Swift fan. Like, grow up, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter. But I, why why would Trump want a hedge fund pharma bro who cried on January 6th to be his vice president? Doesn't, it doesn't even make sense. Why? Because he went on a bunch of podcasts 
and told you who the deep state was. I watched him on the Hodge Twins podcast. He goes, you know who the deep state is? Uh, and it's like, oh, great. Now Vivek gets to cut the line on the podcast circuit, even though he was a hedge fund farmer bro crying on January 6th. But now he's going to, you know, he's going to be the truth. Now he's branding truth, truth. Look, I'm truth, truth. Look, truthers, here's me. Not people, not people who are actually right when I was, you know, selling pharma products. But it's like, he's like, the deep state is an unelected bureaucrat group which is true. But then he's like, it comes from like ancient Kings, which it doesn't. And then he's like, and they, they think they know what's best for you. And it's like, they absolutely don't. They hate you. And they're purposely trying to destroy you. Like, it's like, that's what, that's what Republican podcasters get. They get like Vivek lying about who the deep state is. And then, so you feel so smart. Brett Weinstein, who was wearing a mask and wearing gloves and, and wearing like goggles to protect himself from COVID. I just saw the clip on Twitter where he's wearing goggles and a, and, and a handkerchief. And he's like, I got to wear my mask and my, my gloves for COVID. Now he gets to get all the interviews with Tucker Carlson. Like, oh, I'm the COVID hero. It's like, bro, you were wearing goggles to protect yourself from a freaking, you know, a droplets. Like, you're, yeah, I'm not mad at the guy. Like, I'm glad he woke up. But like, that's it's like such a half baked pseudo intellectual podcast circuit where I'm not a hater, but it's like I don't listen to these people. Like people are like, did you listen to Brett Weinstein? Why? So I could get dumber and hear a liberal professor tell me something that I already know in a faker and stupider manner. Like there's not, there's no value for me there because he's just saying things I already know in a faker and dumber way than I could say of myself. So I try to like watch people that stimulate, you know, my, uh, my mind and, and tell me something that I don't, don't know, or at least tell me the truth. Like Brett Weinstein and Vivek, it's all misdirection. It's like, why won't they tell you about what I just said 10 minutes ago, because they know that they're not allowed to. I mean, Vivek talked about it a little bit, but, uh, you know, he definitely got in a lot of trouble for it. But I mean, my take is overall, before I move on to the next topic, America is a captured country. Almost everyone in Congress is either stupid or sold out, except for Thomas Massey. I, I believe we truly have one good congressman, like when Ron Paul was in, Thomas Massey's the new Ron Paul. Trump, Vivek, all these things, like it doesn't matter. You're basically cycling through. Do you want to give $120 billion to that country and, and, and lose lose uh, purchasing power via the petrodollar? Or do you want to just send the money to Israel and lose purchasing power? Or can we do this? Why can't we just build the border? How come both parties can't come together and build the border? They're telling you, if you're if you're honest enough and smart enough, they're telling you what's really going on in this country. The Democrats are saying you can't get border money unless you give way more money to these two countries combined. And then and then Republicans are saying you can't get border money unless you give 14 billion dollars to this country. So in my view, America's just being held for ransom. It's like we can't fix our own problems unless they can extract wealth out of our country and send it to other countries. That's the only option. Either you send more. And, and this is a great analogy for the Democrats and Republicans because it's like that's the system right now. It's like either you get completely screwed to the tune of $120 billion or you get like screwed to the tune of $100 billion or, or they'll print a trillion dollars and scam you or they'll print $900 billion and scam you. But the reason that it continues is because I know people want to just blame the left, but it's not just the left. The left is obviously horrible and I'm not asking you to vote for them, but it's the it's the false paradigm of Trump versus Biden. It's the false paradigm of Trump versus DeSantis. It's the false paradigm of RFK so different. No, he's not. He's good at pharmaceuticals, but he's already like more compromised than Thomas Massey and he's not even in pol politics yet. So it's like, you know, once people figure out the game that's being played, 
they're not going to be able to play it as easily. But the reason that they're able to do this is because they shift the Overton window and then they're just sucking money out of America. And then you're like trying to like grab onto like a politician, but it doesn't like, it doesn't matter. So, you know, I'm going to do an Instagram reel and a Facebook reel and a TikTok, whatever it's called. Uh, t- and I know it's going to be unpopular and people are going to get mad at me. So I'm trying to figure out how to uh, phrase it, but whatever, um, where I'm talking about income tax, you know, Karl Marx, I read the Communist Manifesto, and Karl Marx talked about a graduated income tax, saying that income tax was going to lead to communism, or at least it was a helpful tool. When Karl Marx wrote the Communist Manifesto, there was no income tax in America. The income tax is not normal. It's not American. It's not Christian. It's not conservative. It's not libertarian. It's not George Washington. Income tax is is communist, in my opinion, and it's socialist and Marxist or whatever you want to call it. Um, once income tax came to America, they head faked us and told us it was just temporary for the war. And then it slowly grow. But here's how they move the Overton window. It's like now it's 2023 and people don't even talk about this anymore. If you lived at the time where they added income tax, everybody was talking about it because it's just the government robbing you. They're just literally stealing your money, just like Karl Marx wanted to steal your labor. And he's just stealing your money and giving it to the government. Now, what are the tax brackets? 30, 40? I mean, I've paid over $100,000 in taxes over the last couple of years, and I'm not that, that wealthy. That's money that I obviously could have used. I could have built, bought property with. And what's what's it going? To a bomb so Lindsey Graham can drop it on some kid's head? Or to some country so Trump and, and Biden can spread homosexuality to, to Uganda or some African country that doesn't want it? Or, or start a, a proxy war in Ukraine so Ukrainians and Russians can kill each other for the bankers? Like, what, what, is, what is this money going for? Or it's clearly not fixing roads. It's clearly not ending homelessness or poverty or anything. So it's like, I'm just being robbed. You're being robbed. Everyone's being robbed. I just watched an interview with this guy. His name is Money Moicano. He's a UFC fighter from Brazil. And he was just on a podcast. And he said, and he speaks broken English because he's Brazilian, but he's, he's good at it. He said, there's two ways politicians rob you. Uh, he said either with taxes or with printing money and, and printing money inflates the currency. And then if you save money, your money's worth less. And if they just tax you, they just steal your money. That's what's going on. Trump's not going to fix that. Trump not only didn't fix it, he inflated the currency more than almost anyone ever has with the COVID spending. And then when you talk about it, Republicans brain breaks because they don't understand basic economics because they're they're idol worshiping, which is like antichrist satanic. Like the Bible doesn't say to like literally like pee your pants over a politician who's inflating the currency and then have you emotionally break down like a woman when someone mentions it. Like that's I, I don't know why Christians are doing that. But in general, it's like that's the truth of what's going on. This all ends when people figure out that it's going on. If you like Trump, it doesn't matter. If you like RFK, it doesn't matter. If you vote Democrats, it doesn't matter. This isn't going to change. And that's how they do it. Operation Warp Speed, they move the Overton window of pharmaceutical scams with income tax. They move Now it's like Trump's not going to end income tax. Biden's not going to end income tax. If anything, they're going to cut it like 2%, which is nothing. We're still being robbed to the tune of 30%, 20%, 15%, 12%. It's too much, you know? And then with that money, where does it go? You know, what do they do with the money that they take from you? They start wars. They build the deep state bigger. The government didn't shrink under Trump. It grew under Trump because if you're if you're just fueling it with trillion dollar spending bills and omnibus bills, you're, you're expanding it. Like the only way to stop it is to go the other direction, which no politician or person wants to go outside of like five of them in Congress. But it's not we're not the victim. There's no one to be mad at. You know, you watch Tim Pool. He 
he he poops his pants and tells you civil war and there's poop in his beanie. Just kidding. But uh, it's like in general, the all these blowhard boomer liar Republican scammers, they just tell you to be mad all the time at the left. But the truth is like you have no one to be mad at but yourself. Because if you can't figure this out, it literally doesn't matter. These left, right proxy wars, Proud Boys versus Antifa, that's like a cattle battle. It's for the cattle to play in the streets and, you know, role play George Washington and get set up by the feds. Like there's nothing there for you. You know, there's no one to be mad at. Being mad at Mitch McConnell doesn't matter when Trump endorses him. Being mad at Lankford doesn't matter when Trump endorses him. Being mad at the swamp doesn't matter when both parties are clearly in on it. You know, it's it, that's the answer and that's the only solution. So if people figure that out in this country, then I think we could see real change. It, it, it takes people like saying no and standing up for themselves. But what I realized is like, people don't want to do that. They want somebody to tell them that they're going to do it for them, like the easy way out. And the irony of it is right wingers make fun of left wingers all the time. Like, oh, they just want handouts. True. Oh, they want someone to do this. Oh, they're buying into fake racial activism. Oh, they're buying into Biden. You know, they want abortion. Like you could see all those problems in the left and I see it as well. And it's like, yes, they do want the easy way out and they're believing lies, thinking the government's going to save them. But you're doing the same thing with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the government. He's the top Fed. He was the head of the entire federal government. And you believe that he's going to fix all your problems because you want him to. You know, someone asked me in my Instagram live I did last night, who do you want to be president? It doesn't matter what I want. See, that's the difference between me and some people that will watch. They, they think that I care. Like they think that my wants matter. I'm not a wanty person. I'm not a needy person. Like, you know, I wanted to do what I'm doing now. You know what I did? I went and did it. You know, I, I when I played sports, I didn't want things. I went and just did it. You know, if I want this, I got to go get it. Like, it's not about what I want. It's about what I deserve. And if I don't work hard enough to get it, then me wanting it doesn't matter. So it's like, who do I want to be president? Thomas Massey, Mickey Mouse? Like, it doesn't, why does it matter? It's going to be Trump versus Biden. And I'm telling you the way that the game is really played. So like my wants don't matter, but I understand why people want to hear what I want because they think what they want matters. But I know what I want doesn't. Like I want Donald Trump to win and the, the reign to... Just like I wanted to rain money, you know, and bitcoins in my hand, and then I and then the bitcoins turn into chocolate chip cookies, and then I eat them, and I go, mom, mom, and then you know, Joy Reid and Rachel Maddow have an awakening, and they turn into like conservative patriot women, and all the QAnoners, you know, realize that the plan wasn't real, and then they, you know, turn into like you know gardeners, like it, it, like what? Who cares what I want? You know what I'm saying? Like this isn't Willy Wonka in the in the chocolate factory time four with Gene Wilder coming back from wherever he is. Is he dead? Is he alive? I have no idea. But if he's dead, rest in peace, Gene Wilder, you're one of the goats. But if you're alive, you, you know, hopefully you're not watching the stream. That would be awkward. Anyway, it's like, it's not, you know, it's like Americans are just like consumers and fans now. That's the issue. It's like, everybody's just like, well, I want the racial stuff to end. And I listen to Sean King. Okay. I want Trump to fix all my problems. Cause I want it. It's like, okay, how is that? I don't, I, I just don't understand. So, you know, we talk about it a lot, but when it comes to this uh, Ukraine Israel spending bill, it's more money for Ukraine, less money for Israel. Our borders being held for ransom. Either you give money to a foreign country, or you give money to a foreign country. Those are your two options in politics. Figure out the system that's happening or else you're going to, you're going to figure it out when Trump's gone and, and you're going to be 10 years down the road. You know, it's like, I remember before I, I move on, I remember when I tweeted, this tweet i mean let me find the exact one real quick because i don't want to butcher it but i tweeted it before lockdowns and i'll never forget how 
how rudely I was treated for it. Hold on, plant. I'm going to read it because it's totally accurate. And like being right four years ahead of the curve, it just makes people hate you. I said this on March 14th. This is before America even locked down. I said they're going to use this to push medical tyranny, mandated vaccines. Keep in mind, this was before they even said they had a vaccine. They're going to use this to push medical tyranny, which is a term people didn't even know what medical tyranny was before lockdowns. They're going to use this to push medical tyranny, mandated vaccines government mandated lockdowns, authoritarian power grabs, even bigger speech censorship, life will never be the same. And Trump doesn't have a magic plan to save you till the end of time. I said that on March 14th, 2020, before the lockdowns, I predicted medical tyranny, a term that no one even knew what it was, mandated vaccines before they said they had a max vaccine, speech censorship. And the part that bothered everybody is because I don't baby anybody. I said, Life will never be the same, and Trump doesn't have a magic plan to save you till the end of time. And just saying that made people spiral. They've literally created an antichrist satanic religion revolving around Donald Trump. If you like him, cool. If you want to vote for him, cool. It makes sense. The border sucks. Trump will fix the border probably to some extent. Go vote for Trump. I probably will. I'm just saying, like, I didn't build an antichrist satanic religion revolving around him where someone says, hey, all this is coming, and he doesn't have, like, a magic plan. You, you're, you're like satanic. You, you bought into this religion. Like you're not, instead of like Jesus Christ, you've replaced him with Donald Trump. And the thought of him not wiping your butt forever makes grown men in their fifties spiral like Taylor Swift fans. And it's like, and then it's my fault for saying this thing. Like they're like, but I want these things. I bet you do Gerald, you know, but like, I want candy canes to, to grow out of the ground and, 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 and jump out and, and start singing songs like Gene Wilder and be like, Hey, I'm a candy cane. But who cares what you want? Who cares what I want? You know, there's a lot of things that I want. I want to be 50,000 feet tall and I want my head to go through the atmosphere and I want to like look at Pluto. But it's like, who cares what you want, bro? You know, but grown men don't want to hear this stuff. They want to be babied and they want like a savior complex from a politician, which is wildly antichrist. If you watch, if you read Revelation, it's like false prophets are bad. You know, put no other gods before me. That's not revelation, but that's in the Bible. And it's like, they, like these, all these Christian men, like do none of these things. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm just saying they like, just can't cope with reality. And instead of leaning on Jesus and God and the Bible, they then lean on a politician who's quite literally sold out to a foreign country, took hundreds of millions of dollars, hired the swamp and ran around selling COVID vaccines. Like they were freaking Tic Tacs, like, you know, and that's who you think is going to save you. Like, dude, you know, everyone's going to catch up to where I'm at right now. Eventually, that's why I don't care. It's like, they'll be like, oh, anomaly sucks. Yeah. How come none of them say it to my face? How, how come none of these influencers want to debate me? You know how? Because they know they're wrong. Name a big influencer that says different stuff than I say that contradicts what I say. How come they'd never have me on? I, you know how badly I want to debate people that disagree with me and, and, and confront them on it. They don't want to debate me because they know I would make them look stupid. And it's like their whole reality revolves around people thinking that they're telling the truth, even though they know they're not. And they know they're half-assing it for money, power, and social circles. So the second I, like, I've talked to so many people that would say online, like, oh, you're wrong, you're wrong. And then I talk to them and they have nothing for me. They're like 50 steps behind. And then you could see it in their eyes when they look at me. It's this look of like, I know you're right. I'm wrong. My whole life is a lie. My whole career is a lie. Like, like, like they, they, it's like they saw a ghost or something where they're like, so that means I'm a phony. And it's like, yeah, you know, they know it. It's like, so they just kind of like probably just milking, 
milking the boomers for for every last bit that they can before the election or something. I don't know. All right, I'm going to move on to something else that's wildly different, but kind of interesting. So uh, Mike Cernovich on Twitter, I guess somebody broke into his plumber's car and he got pissed off. And now he thinks that people who steal should get the death penalty. Do you think that people who steal should get the death penalty? I'm going to watch this video and I'm going to give you my response because it's pretty wild. But I understand where he's coming from. This this country's falling apart. And, uh, you know, there are other countries in the world, El Salvador, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, that have figured out how to stop this type of crime. But it sometimes takes an extreme measure. Let's watch. I support the death penalty for breaking into cars and tearing off catalytic converters. And that's not clickbait, and here's why. We had a plumber scheduled to come out because there's some massive flooding happening, and we needed him to replace some pipes. He's not able to, so we had to get a water pump to pump it out, which I was able to do, but that meant that I didn't have to go to work. But since I have a laptop job, what's the big deal? Well, the, the big deal is I remember people like my dad were at the financial margins, could not afford to miss a day of work. Right, people can't afford to miss a day of work. That creates a whole load of downstream problems. How are you gonna pay your rent? How are you gonna pay your mortgage? How are you gonna buy your groceries? Let's talk about the plumber. His car was broken into, dashboard was torn up. He's gonna miss two or three days of work. He's self-employed. That means no money, two or three days. That means his bills get pushed back. Why? So some drug addict working for the cartels could steal? That's the choice we're making. That's the choice we're making. I used to think it was barbaric, the Code of Hammurabi, and you'd read about Saudi Arabia decapitating criminals, and you would think, how barbaric. And I realize now why they do it, because you either execute criminals for property crimes, which, by the way, would end the crimes overnight because they would get the point. So we either execute them or you just let people suffer. Because what happened to me today is a minor inconvenience. Honestly, whatever. I'm, I'm not, not even a big deal. To me, in the grand scheme of things, but to the plumber, it's a big deal. The people like how I grew up, it's a big deal. To millions of people, the tens of million people, tens of million of people, it's a big deal. So we're making a choice, and the choice is that we're going to let everyone suffer, so that people can commit crimes. And oh, it's just a property crime. No, it isn't. It's a human rights violation because you're stealing people's ability to work. So we got to bring it back. Death penalty. No, no irony here. No cap. Bring it back. Slam Jam Time said on uh, YouTube, Slam Jam Time, he said, I have my Cadillac converter from the bottom of my car stolen two years ago, and it destroyed my life. Um, someone said slippery slope. When I was young, before I answer, I just want to kind of tell you my full circle. I wrote, we had to do a senior speech, right? And when I was in high school, I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I was an athlete, but I stopped caring about soccer. I was good at soccer. I started smoking weed and liking rap music, and it led me here. But uh, in general, I, I wrote my senior speech on why I thought that nonviolent drug offenders shouldn't get jail time. Like, I was one of those guys. I wasn't like an Obama fan. I wasn't a Democrat. I just smoked weed, and I, I was under the under the impression that like nonviolent weed smokers were going to jail all the time. And it was like really bad. And that was the problem in the world. Like the crime wasn't a problem. You know, I was 17, 18 years old. I was like, crime's not a problem. It it's people arresting people smoking weed. And I still think it's kind of weird to arrest somebody for smoking weed. But I don't think it's as common or prevalent as I thought it was when I was in high school. Moving forward, you know, I believed all the stuff when I liked Trump. 
and he did the first step act in what was it 2018 or something i i bought into like all these republicans were like bill clinton's a racist and trump is not racist because trump is freeing people from jail and giving them a second chance a few of them who've gone back to jail and, and done the, another crime but in general someone said you were right back then we'll get to it but now I look at the, the the conservatives versus Bill Clinton thing, and I just find it fascinating that Republicans and conservatives are complaining that people are getting too many chances, but they call Bill Clinton a racist for giving people three strikes. Like, th is three not enough? How many, you know, if, if three's not enough and three's racist, what's not racist? Like, what, how many chances should somebody get? Mike Cernovich is pissed off. He says, you know, like, if you steal... You should get the death penalty because you're you're creating a chain effect on society. Other people say, you know, you should be able to mess up a bunch of times because it's racist to go after you. San Francisco says whatever they're saying. It's like, oh, well, people need to steal, but it's not right. But we won't really prosecute them that hard. So it's like, what is the answer? I'm going to read a few questions and I'll tell you mine. But like, what do you guys think the answer is? Is three strikes too many? Is that racist? Is Should there be five strikes? Should there be no strikes? Do you think they should just chop people's arms off for stealing like, uh, you know, the first time, the second time, like in Saudi Arabia? Um, I just feel like people want crime to be cracked down on. But then when people crack down on crime, even Republicans will call it racist. So someone said going to jail for crimes that are paper crimes with no victim is total tyranny. Uh, let me, I'm just going to read a few, then I'll give you my, my opinion. Someone said that's a libertarian talking point. They're always erroneously saying that tens of thousands of people are sitting in jail only for smoking pot, which isn't true. Marla says enforce the law. Uh, William said they ruined my life at 16 for less than an eighth of weed. Yeah. I don't like stuff like that. I feel like it's unnecessary. I still, I still do. I'm just, you know, someone said huge shout out from West Virginia, West Virginia country roads. Take me home. Appreciate you. Iron lungs. God bless. Yeah, I still don't think kids should be thrown in, uh, in 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 jail for weed. I think that's a little extreme. Someone said three strikes extremism on both sides is bad. So there there seems to be a mixed bag here, but it seems like a lot of people are pretty lenient. Here's what I'll say. To quote the late great Donald Trump, you know, there's some bad hombres out there. Um, not everybody is a good person. When you live in a city and you see how bad it's getting, like Los Angeles, San Francisco. Um, even it's, 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 a it's starting to have a compound effect where it's happening in the suburbs. It's hap happening in the nice areas. There's more thefts, more robberies. Something needs to be done. In my view, when I was younger, I was more libertarian. I was more liberal on the topic, but at this point, I, I hear what Mike Cernovich is saying. I understand what he's saying because it, it is a choice. Like if, if you allow people to steal easily and they don't get in trouble for it and there's really not a big prosecution for it, it starts to affect people who don't steal. That one guy said in the comment section, getting his Cadillac converter pretty much ruined his life. Cernovich was making the compelling point that it's like for people that are living paycheck to paycheck, if you steal, not only is it money, resources, time, I mean, that could be like a $10,000 spiral for a business, if not more, where it's like, not only did you lose a piece that's probably worth thousands, but now you have to fix it. Now you have to go here. Now you have to miss work. Now you have to back up this. Now you can't pay these people. This, it, it's not, it's not good. Um, I think something needs to be done about crime. And I, I would say that I would have leniency for like younger kids, I think, like maybe under 18 when it comes to theft. But if you're like a grown adult 
I think there needs to be like a real man in charge that lays down the law and says, listen, you can't be stealing from your neighbors. You can't be stealing stuff all the time because now we live in a society where, you know, the, the good people are suffering more than the bad people in some cases. In Saudi Arabia or Dubai, I'm not, I don't live there. Um, but I support their right to do that stuff. I, I agree with Cernovich where I used to think that it was so barbaric, but it's like if you go to Dubai and you leave a wallet on the floor with $200 in it for three days, no one's going to touch it. You can go back and pick it up. Why? Because they're afraid of the consequences of stealing. You know, I'm a nice person, but I'm also a little ruthless. You know, I could like, I'm sure there's some people who say anomalies mean. You know, like he's not as nice as he pretends to be. He's a little mean. I can be, I, I'm extremely nice if if you, if there's no reason for me to be mean, but I'm not a pushover. Like, you know, people need to learn their lesson sometimes. I remember in school, one time this kid who was my friend, he hit my head into a glass wall. Like, it was like I was looking in to see what the food was. I don't know if we were in high school or middle school. And he hit my head and my head hits a glass window. Bro, you're lucky I don't freaking wipe you off this planet for doing that. Like, that's a crazy thing to do to me. So I took his head and I smacked it against the wall. And he said, oh, my God, that was harder than I did yours. And I go, yes, purposely. It's purposely harder than the way you did it because you need to learn the lesson that you're never like, don't like I was not. I don't know if it was because my parents divorced at a young age or I moved a lot of schools. I was afraid of nobody when I was young and I took no shit whatsoever. But like, why would you smash my head against a glass window? Like, what's wrong with you? I'm not trying to be nice to you now. Now I'm trying to hurt your head so bad that you learn the lesson to never touch me again or else there's a huge consequence for it. You know, that's like middle school, high school, no rules. Nobody told me what to do. I, I don't have political philosophy. It's just basically like human nature. It's like you hurt me for no reason unnecessarily and try to hurt my head. I'm going to hurt your head way worse so you know never to do that again, you know? And that was just my basic human nature as a kid. To, to, to let him know to not do that. Also, I was pissed off at my head hurting because why the fuck would you do that? Excuse my language. Um, when it comes to society, like there are there's there's not enough consequences for being like a horrible person. And everybody's like such a pushover nowadays where it's like thou shall not steal. Like you should feel horrible stealing a Cadillac converter or stealing an old lady's groceries or like punching an Asian woman. Like these are things that the whole town should turn at you and and want you like out of the town. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you do that? That's evil. But you go to these places like San Francisco and it's like, oh, he needed to do that. He needed to punch an Asian lady in the face. He needed to rob groceries. They know these people are wicked. Like there's others, there's other solutions than taking from other people and hurting other people. Like that's not a normal thing. And I understand, I think if you're under 18 and you're doing like petty theft or something, you know, I, I think there should be like, um, incremental like i don't think you should like throw a kid in jail for stealing something at like a grocery store but once you hit the adult age it's like listen like there needs to be like a real societal understanding where like this is no no good you know you can't do this in places like singapore they like throw you in jail for putting like gum on the ground but guess what there's not on the ground there's no gum in japan they look at you crazy when you walk and eat Bryson told me this, Bryson Gray, and I was like, I don't get it, but now I do get it. Since he told me that, I walk and eat all the time because I'm a degenerate American, 
And every time I walk and eat, I'm just spilling stuff on the ground. I just don't give a shit because I'm an American degen like everyone else. And it's like, whatever, the, it's just the ground. You know, it's not like I'm not littering. It's food. It's biodegradable. That's what I tell myself. But in Japan, it's like, no, you're you're making a mess. You're disgusting. You know, they probably look at me in Japan and think I'm like a dirty pig or something. And they'd probably not be wrong. You know, I'd be like, I'm, I'm eating like a hot dog, like a moron, you know what I'm saying? Spilling like stuff, all crumbs all over the ground. I think it's smart like that they do that. You know, like I wish it was my culture. I wouldn't be such a degenerate. I'd probably probably be like baked into my culture where I'd stop doing that all the time. But in America, no one cares. Everybody's fat and we just eat wherever. I mean, I'm eating, listening to the radio, making a mess all over myself in my car, you know, listening to proud to be an American. That's just what we do here. But I don't look at Japan like they got it wrong. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they have it right and we have it wrong, you know? So with like crime, I've watched multiple examples of worse places than America in many ways turn better. Bukele, who just won an election in El Salvador by 85%. He's probably the, he says he's the most popular democratically elected person in modern history. He might be right. How do you get 85% of the vote? Because he's the greatest leader in modern history for his people. You know, I, I say this is, it's the biggest, in my opinion, it's the greatest achievement in modern history when it comes to like a success story. El Salvador was the crime capital of the whole world. This is the great, they should make a documentary out of this guy. I know they call him an authoritarian, but is what it is. I don't, I don't think he is. He's a democratically elected president, but it was the crime capital of the whole world per capita. There was no place in the world worse than El Salvador. Now it's safe. Someone said he's Mussolini. Call him what you want to call him. That's the greatest story in modern history. And that's what they, they call him Mussolini. They call him a fascist. They call him an authoritarian. He was a leader who strategically just found out how to make his country better. This is the problem. We got to stop the problem. You could be a libertarian and get your ass kicked by a bunch of cartels in MS-13. Like, you know, oh, non-principle, non, non my principles of non-aggression. And then it's like, whap. You know what I'm saying? Like, go in the jungle and tell a lion that you, you have a policy that no lions should eat humans and no baboons should eat. You know, like, they don't give a fuck what you say. Excuse my language, but... You know, like it's just like fairy tale. It's it's fairy tales like reading Karl Marx, weighing four hundred pounds, and telling people that you deserve their labor. It's like that's what libertarianism is to me. In some ways, I'm not saying in all ways. I think a lot of libertarian principles are good, but it's like yeah, go to go to go to El Salvador, the murder capital of the world, and tell and tell the crime cartels how uh, how about your non-aggression principles in the books you read. They don't care. Like you know, at, at a certain point men respond to like real men and it's like he gets in he's like all right what are what are they doing how do we stop it he stops it he throws all the criminals in jail and then he doesn't go easy on them he goes extremely hard on them to make sure that they're not committing crimes from inside the jail cell and he turned i think it was like a hundred days with zero murders the crime capital of the whole world and then a hundred days with no murders that's insanely impressive. And then you're going to have liberals and libertarians and everyone's going to cry and say he's authoritarian. Are you not seeing the results? That's why he won the election by 85%. If he's such an authoritarian, why did he win the election by 85%? It's not because he rigged it. It's because the people there could, like if you live in a place where the murder, it's the murder capital of the world, it's not safe if you're a good person. 
And this is what pisses me off about all the cucks and losers that talk about like, you know, black neighborhoods and stuff. I've been to these neighborhoods, not all of them. It's not like I go camping in the south side of Chicago. But, you know, I used to live near New York. I've been to Jamaica, Queens. I've been to Brooklyn. I've, I, I've talked to the kids. I've hung out there. I've, I've shot videos there. And not everybody's a gangbanger. So, like, if you're a kid or you're a good family or you're a good woman, thank you for the super chat, Lakiva. You have to deal with all this bullshit. You have to deal with stray bullets. You know what I'm saying? You know how many young girls get shot in the head for no reason by a mistake in the hood? You think they're in on it? Of course they're not. So like people look at these areas and they're like, that's okay. It's not okay. If you live there, like I knew this, this little kid is like 13, 14 years old. You know what I'm saying? In the hood, doesn't have a father. You want him to live in a shitty neighborhood? You think it's good for him? It's not good for him. If Bukele moved there and cleaned up the crime, now it's good for him. But in these neighborhoods, you have more good people than not people. It's just, it's so lawless and the gangbangers are so rough and, and it's so hard that the bad people run the neighborhoods. You ever been to a bodega in a bad neighborhood? I'd rather go to Iraq. You know, it's crazy. It's not, it's like, it's insanely dangerous and terrible. Like the bodega owners, they probably get threatened 10 times a day. That's no way to live. So like all these pussies, excuse my language, but all these pussies that are like, oh, that's just how it is. And it's inequality. It's like, because there's no real leadership there, the kids have to suffer. The women have to suffer. The good people have to suffer. The elderly have to suffer. And then you let a smaller percentage of the degenerates basically create a lawless area and then the businesses move out and then the CVS doesn't want to go there. Like no one wants to build there. No one wants to live there. All the property value goes down unless some white chicks with yoga mats come in and buy some weird you know, property so they can do yoga in a shitty apartment or whatever, what they call it, gentrification. But besides that, it's like, you know. In El Salvador, when there's gangbangers running the show and people are dying every hour, it's not good for the citizens there. You end that, you give them 100 days of no murders, and they love you. You know what I'm saying? Most people are like, thank you. Now I could walk down the street. Now I'm not getting shot all the time. So it's like, you know, I'm not a political, uh, like, you know, I'm libertarian when it comes to certain tax rules. I think libertarians are right that Republicans are phony libertarians tend to like me more than Republicans, which I'm probably pissing off some of my audience because Republicans are as shitty as libertarians say they are. But then Republicans make fun of libertarians and it's kind of true, but kind of not. But it's like, I'm, I'm kind of libertarian, but I'm not like a total libertarian. I think like libertarian ideology is wildly naive. Like, oh, we're going to do it this way in New Hampshire uh, around a bunch of like 50 year old white people. You can do it, but if you take that ideology to the hood or to some other country, you're going to get your ass kicked in. You know what I'm saying? Like, go take that to like some of the rebel groups in Africa. Tell them about your policy. Like at a certain point, you know, you have to be a man about the situation and be realistic about it. And with crime in America, like it's time to be realistic. It's like it's not working what they're doing in liberal areas. So what would work? In my opinion, strict penalties. You got to be moral with it. And but like at the same time, do you want do you want criminals and thieves to, to run rampant or do you want to make it clear that that's so crazy that they're going to get in trouble for doing that? So they stop doing that, you know, and, and that's it's like I don't think libertarianism would fix the, these neighborhoods. I don't think liberalism would fix these neighborhoods. I don't even think Republicans would really fix these neighborhoods. Uh, it's going to take some like real men and real real authority, in my view. Um, and. I know that a lot of people probably won't agree. And I think that that's fine. I don't, I'm not like running for president or anything, but it's one of these things where 
it's kind of like how I say with politics where people are like, what do you want? Like what I want doesn't matter. Like what it is, is what it is. What I want is irrelevant unless what I want fits into reality. It's the same thing as this, like certain people, even like at my age, certain men don't understand that they can't cross certain lines. Like I've had certain people in my life and certain friends and stuff where like I draw a thin, a, a, a thick line. I'm a nice person, but it's like, I'm also a grown man. Like if I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do it. If you're at my house, like, you know, I think a basic sign of respect is like if someone tells you to take their shoes off at, your, at, at their house, you take your shoes off at their house. It's their house. You know what I'm saying? Like I walk in someone's house. They, I, I naturally just take my shoes off when I'm at anyone's house. Like I'm, I, I was, I was raised to be respectful, but it's like, if someone, if you ask someone to take their shoes off and they're like, Oh, why are it's like, get the fuck out of my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't even respect a basic, uh, premise of, of my rules at my house, like you're a scumbag, you know? And that's like <laughs> at someone else's house. Like I used to love like Asian families, not all of them, but they'd have like super clean houses and they'd be like, yo, take your shoes off and this and that. And it's like, I like that because that's kind of how my parents were. You know, my mom was like, I take your shoes off, do this. And like, some people are like, that's too much. That's too far. They want a clean house. They don't want your disgusting ass shoes on their, on their carpets. What's so hard to, what's so hard to understand about that? It's like, it's a basic rule that makes sense. And even if it's not your rule, you respect someone else's house and their parents when you go to their house. Even at my age, people don't understand that. Like with certain guys, I'll say something and, and they just don't get it. Like, oh, I want to do that. Not around me. If you want to do that, don't be around me. I, you, you can do whatever you want, but if you're at my place or, or we're doing it this way, that's the way I'm doing it. You know, and it's like, well, I want to do this. It's like that's society now. I want to steal. I want this. I, I want a safe society, but I also want non-aggression principles. And I want to believe that libertarianism would work on the south side of Chicago. And I want to be liberal. And I want to, it's like, you want to do all these things, but it's not working. So why not? Let's look at the problem and figure out what it is. Not everyone is acting right. A lot of people are not acting right. And this country is like an open portal for like crime right now. It's way too high. There needs to be, in my view, stricter measures. I don't think libertarianism would work. And I don't think uh, liberalism really works. You know, there needs to be stricter measures in my rule or in, in, in my view. And, uh, you know, people need to fear morality or, or at least like not fear it, but follow it and fear the consequences of not following it. It's like, you know, people are just like too soft in my view and too nice. And I know the flip side of that is like, what if the government does this and that where I, I understand that, but it, it's like, thou shall not steal, thou shall not kill. I'm not asking for the government to have 10 billion rules. Like, I don't even think kids should get in that much trouble for smoking weed. It's like, you know, I'm not asking you to like throw a, a, a stoner in jail, but it's like, thou shall not kill. I mean, we should just put the Bible laws on the, on the wall. If you can't follow, like you can't not kill somebody, you can't not steal. If you can't not steal, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not that hard. I'm not, I'm not saying thou shall not go to a nightclub at night and party. It's like, stop stealing. You can't do that. Then you're asked, you got to go somewhere, bro. Like it's too easy. And, and when you make theft so easy to do, it makes society miserable for everyone. And you know, I'm a 34 year old man. I'm not the number one target of these things. Older women, you know, they're like, stop Asian hate. Why do you think Asians are getting their ass beat? Cause they live in cities around people that commit crimes it Has nothing to do with people ethnically hating Asians. They just see elderly Asians as easy targets cause they're old, which is super fucked up. 
but that's what they're doing. You know, when you live in an immoral society, your grandparents aren't safe. Your, your, your family's not safe. The women in your family are not safe. Like that's, that's what happens when you let crime and filth rise to the top and everyone's afraid to say something like, you know, I don't know that I would go as far as what Cerno said, but I think him starting that conversation is there's nothing wrong with it because you see these countries where they have a hard line and it's, it's working. It, it works in El Salvador. It works in Saudi Arabia. It works in Dubai and it works in Singapore. And it's like, if you can't follow the rules and get the fuck out, you know, and in America, it's like, sure, you know, liberty and prosperity, but like America wasn't always just like, oh, just do whatever you want. Like there were rules based off the Bible. Like there were, thou shall not steal. You know, they didn't even let like, they didn't even let a lot of like degenerate stuff happen in like the twenties and thirties and forties. Like now that's happening. People are like, that's liberty. It's like, America's been around since 1776 and not all of those things were ever prevalent until like the 80s and 90s. Like that what it's not like America was built off of like sodomy and gambling and stuff. Although Ben Franklin was probably doing a little bit of sodomy. He seemed like a wild one, but I, you know, I don't know what they were doing back then. It's just like there needs to be like a real conversation about this. Jake said, F you're stupid in all caps. What 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 part are you mad at? Are you like a liberal or a libertarian? Are you like I could go to the south side of Chicago with my non-aggression principles and the hood will listen to me. It's like, they won't though, you know? It's like non-aggression principles, who's ready, gangbangers? And they're like, pop, 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 pop. And you're like, ah! It's like, okay, you want to bring them like a Roth Rothberry book or whatever that guy's name, Rothbard? They're not going to like, it's like, this doesn't, go to Africa and teach, you know, go teach the uh, rebel groups about libertarianism. Or liberalism. Let's see what they think about it. Uh, let me see. Someone said, nope. I don't know what you're mad at then. But someone said, Korean convenience stores in the deepest, darkest Africa are safer than Korean, Korean, Korean convenience stores in Patterson, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C. Bro, I've been to, to, to these stores in certain cities in New York. I would rather, I would literally rather go like, to war than go to these to, to like if you ask me would you rather join the national guard or would you rather be a convenience store owner in like a, a dangerous part of brooklyn I, dude sign me up i would mad i would rather be in the national guard i'd rather be deployed to iraq like you get what i'm saying like i i don't want to someone said scroll up dummy Bro, I can't scroll up that much, straw man. I'm not, I don't, can you just rewrite it? You're, you're like cursing and yelling in all caps, bro. I, I'm like, there's like 731 people here. I'll read what you said. I promise my guy. Just re rewrite it and I'll read it. I don't have to, but I want to, cause you're getting so upset. But what do I think they're going to do with all that money that they're laundering to Ukraine? I don't know. Steal some of it get ukrainians killed get russians killed i don't know what they're doing ruin ukraine i don't think they're helping ukraine at all like jake said yep if you rewrite if you reread it bro if you rewrite it i'll read it you got me i like people disagreeing and honestly with this it's i don't i'm not running for president i'm not running for governor i my say my opinion has no bearing on law like it doesn't it doesn't matter just rewrite it it's fine um, someone said justice in geopolitics. 
I don't mess with anyone. No one messes with me. All caps are the worst. You should ban them. All caps is a little suspect. I do agree. Um, someone said spend it on hookers. I'm sure there's going to then it's not going to be $0 that they're spending on hookers, but you know, they're probably, if you give, uh, what is it? How much is it? 60 billion. Think about how easy it would to be to like steal a couple billion off the top of that. Like that's, you know, you, you give someone 60 billion, you think about how much $500 million is. That's like $500 million, a hundred million dollars, $50 million off 60 billion. You don't even see that. And there's already there's already articles out saying like, oh, they can't find the money. The accounting is not there. You know, it's like there's already they're already like putting that out there that they don't know where the money is going. I saw a mainstream media article was like, we, we, we can't find the money. It's like we all know what's going on to some extent. It's not all being stolen, but definitely someone said, why am I yelling? I don't know. Someone said all those money the globalists are stealing is to prepare for the kingdom of Antichrist. All right, Jake said, scroll up, dummy. Read what I wrote later. I can't educate you by typing like Clark Kent if you ignore it all. All right, I gave you, God bless you, my guy. I gave you an option to rewrite it. Like there's 727 people here. You have to know that I'm not like ignoring it. For like 90% of the live stream, I'm not even looking at the comments. And then I, go, I like defer to the comments once in a while. You can't possibly think that I purposely ignored it. But whatever, um, I gave you... Someone said, Constitution requires a valis corpus. Okay. Um, do I think that Tucker interviewed Putin, someone said? Possibly. I mean, I think he's there to interview Putin or Snowden, if I had to guess, but I, I don't know. I mean, that would... Tucker, listen, that's a brave moment. Like, that's what they don't want you to do for sure. So, you know, I, 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 there's been some things that Tucker's done recently that have been pretty, like, weird or lame, but you know, maybe he's just trying to hang out and then just do like really serious interviews once in a while. Cause like, I felt like he's been giving some like pretty weak interviews, but um, yeah, if he interviews Putin or Snowden, I think like that alone, like he probably just wants to do that and then chill out. You know, like I, I understand it. He's been in news for a while. He's probably just trying to podcast. He's not trying to like go that deep, but uh, yeah, if he gets the Putin interview, I mean, you know, give the guy a break for five years. I'll, it, I'll never talk shit about him for the next five years. I don't, I, I always compliment Tucker. I like Tucker, but uh, you know, we disagree on some things and I felt like he, he gave a super weak interview to Trump, but I'll give, yeah, I'll give him a, I'll give him a break for like a decade because getting a Putin interview right now is like a crazy ballsy thing to do in my opinion. You know, that's very ballsy. Yeah, I want him to interview Putin too. Like they've they've done a good job of just not showing you his stuff. Um, I watched because I didn't really have a big opinion on Putin or Russia or Ukraine. I'm not an ideologue when it comes to other countries. So I watched when when the war first started. I did a whole video on it too. It was I watched Zelensky, and then I watched Putin, and. I mean, Zelensky's just like, he's talking like he's Martin Luther King. He's like just making these phrases. Like Zelensky's kind of like a phony, in my opinion. Like, it's just like, it's all like a little like speech about like nothing. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm like this, I'm like that, give me money, whatever. And Putin was just like saying things that like made sense. I'm not saying everything. I'm not like a fan or anything, but like if I watch both those articles and or, or interviews and it's like Putin made way more sense. Putin was just getting to the point of what he was actually talking about. And Zelensky's just talking in circles like an actor at like a Grammy award show. So I know why they hide all that stuff because the 
I think the Christian conservative in America or the conservative in America probably has more more in common with like Russians than they do with a lot of other people. And the establishment hates Russians because they're like strong people that are not totally pathetic and watered down. And Ukrainians are cool too, but it's like Zelensky is going to destroy that country. You know, I like Ukrainians. I think they're awesome too. I think we have a lot in common with Ukrainians, but I think Zelensky, when it's all said and done, he's going to be the worst leader in, in Ukrainian history. And the damage that he's done to Ukraine is, is going to be astronomical. But we'll see. You know, I, I think at this point, anybody who feels that way in Ukraine left Ukraine. Didn't they kill that one guy, Gonzalo Lira? Gonzalo Lira was like a journalist from America or Chile or something. And he was in Ukraine and they arrested him and killed him or something. I saw he followed me on Twitter too. I never talked to him. We never spoke, but I saw he didn't follow that many people and he followed me. But I mean, obviously I don't agree that they did that. That's horrible. But if you're trying to like do journalism in Ukraine against Ukraine, that's a crazy ballsy thing. Like, you know, that's just what they, that's like what they do there. They're like, they're, they're passing laws to make like journalism illegal. They're going authoritarian and to not be Ukrainian and stay there was like a super brave but super ultimately uh tragic ending you know it's like sucks that it happened but he had to know being in ukraine was like a bad idea but he still did it anyway so r.i.p to that guy um he moved there in the early 2000s so i guess he was out there for a while and he just didn't want to leave yeah it's crazy crazy stuff i saw that uh didn't didn't uh tucker carlson interview him too that was another great interview you know tucker does do good interviews it's just the kevin spacey one was a little weird i felt like his trump interview was pretty soft but it's whatever the cat turd one i, I you couldn't you couldn't pay me enough honestly i'd watch the cat turd interview if somebody paid me a thousand dollars but if you don't pay me a thousand i'm not watching that shit someone inter someone messaged me and they were like will you watch these videos for fifty dollars and it's like for $50, bro? Like, what? first of all, why are you trying to pay me to watch videos? It's an interesting concept, like, because I'm pretty busy. So it's like, if you watch these videos, I'll pay you. It's like, uh, you know, let's up the rate there, bro. For 50 bucks, I'm not, I'm not watching this video. Uh, someone said, I miss Ice Age. I've heard the name Ice Age Farmer, but I don't know what they do. I, probably farming. What happened to them? Did something happen or they just stopped posting? Kim Iverson did a great segment on on him. Yeah, she's got some moments for sure. She does some good work. Um, she's very brave. Kim Iverson is super brave for sure. She should have me on her show. That'd be fun. We can get in trouble together. Someone said, funny that he went from cat turd to Putin. Major upgrade. <laughs> Major downgrade. I mean, Putin, really? You're going to interview Putin after cat turd? That's like Cat turds like Michael Jordan and Putin's like, uh, you know, like Muggsy Bogues when he was 45 years old. It's like, you know, cat turd is kind of like the golden, the golden arch of interviews. You know, everything else is downhill from there. Um, Ice Age Farmer disappeared. Yeah, I, I never followed them, but I heard of them. Um, someone said, saddest thing, Lyra lived in Kharkiv and married a Ukrainian woman with whom he had two children. Although the pair later separated. Yeah, not super sad. But I mean, dude, th that's why with some of this war stuff, like I'm not a coward, but like I see it as it is like it's it's no joke. You know, like if, if you're in Ukraine talking about Ukraine, 
like they're gonna try to kill you you know like it's 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 real even tucker going tucker going to russia it's a ballsy move like he'll be fine but like dude this this world is not what it once was like you know we're like we're at war so i'm not gonna be a coward i'm not gonna be a liar but I'm not going to Ukraine. I'm not going to Russia right now. Like I, you know, it's it's like a crazy time. Even in Israel, they pass certain bills where you can't speak against what they're doing. And I had American citizens who are also Ukrainians, or, or I'm sorry, Israeli citizens. They're in my comment section justifying it, saying that's good. That's good. They want to do that here. Everything they're doing in Ukraine and Israel, they would do it in America if they could. They just can't right now. Like they canceled an election in Ukraine because of war. They kill journalists in Ukraine. They, you know, pretty much outlaw opposition. They, they like, and then they did very similar stuff in Israel. I don't know that they went as far as to kill anybody, but they definitely arrested Israeli citizens who were speaking out against the war with the counter narrative, you know, like it's a dicey world, you know, like it's, it's not what it was five, six years ago. Like the tensions are, in, are heightened and People are going nuts. Like America's still a really good place, but you know, if they could do what they're doing overseas in America, they absolutely would. Uh, you know, they absolutely would try to. We just can't let them. Like America's still a good place compared to that stuff. Someone said he ain't Christian. Th that doesn't bother y'all. You talking about Gonzalo Lira? No, I don't care. I don't, I'm not like. I'm not looking to every person, you know, if they, if they provide some sort of value and do good work and I'm, I'm not going to like not listen to them or hate them or something because they're not Christian personally, but I wouldn't let them be my pastor. Someone said Jimmy Dory's on the Ukraine kill list. Yeah, I bet he is. I mean, like, dude, these, these people are no joke, man. They, they, op I mean, think about how much money they're getting. This is what I know people do realize, but w w when America gives like Ukraine a hundred billion dollars, now they have a hundred. Now it's like a hundred billion dollar industry. You know, they don't want to lose that money. A hundred billion, a billion is a thousand million. It's so much money. It's the same as like foreign lobbying and pharmaceutical stuff. There's so much money going around that it's like, you know, they don't want people to like stop that gravy train. It's just in America, you can't get away with that much stuff. In Ukraine, they're at war. They don't give a fuck, you know, excuse my language, but I've already cursed so many times. I'm I, I, that, that ship has sailed, but you know, it's like they're at war. Their whole country's at war. They don't care. You can get away with way more in other countries. Um, someone said Putin is a king over his kingdom. How could that be Christian? Think about it. I'm not a Putin fanboy or anything, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't know about like, what do you want him to be replaced with, like, a feminist or something? I don't know what you want for Russia. He's not my leader, so I don't really care what's going on. But, uh, like, democracy in America is two parties that work for the same people, and you never figure it out. The one pro to having, like, an actual leader, not saying, and they have elections there. He's just really popular. But in general, it's like, when you have a leader, you can be like, that's the leader. He's doing the right thing. He's doing the wrong thing. I don't want that leader anymore. When you have the two-party fake democracy system, it's all the same. You know, like you can't replace the system because it's all the same. So I'm not, I'm not like a fan of that system. And I think democracy, in order for it to work, people need to pay attention, which is not happening. 
But it's like you think you're replacing Biden with Trump, but it's the same people who are going to run the show almost identical. So, you know, I, like people will be like, oh, that, that leader has that. Like, are we, are, is our system working so well that, you know, I don't want to live in Russia or anything, but I'm not going to like look at their system and tell them what to do. I think there's pro there's pros and cons to both sides, but whatever democracy this is, is pretty watered down and fake at this point. So I think it can change though. It's just people need to like pay attention and maybe they don't, I don't know. I don't know what the next 10, 20 years, uh, will has in store. Someone said, we don't have a democracy. We have a constitutional Republic. Call it what you want. The same people run it no matter who wins. What do I think of Stu Peters? Well, I've been on his show a few times. He's been nice to me. Um, he's a little wild, but I think he means well. I, you know, I don't think his accuracy rating's 100% on Twitter, but you know, I think he's I think he's trying, um, and I think he's ballsy. I saw him talk to Alex Jones. That was ballsy. Uh, you know, the, the the guy's got some brass balls. So we're different people. We have different styles. We have different like workflows and stuff, but he's always been cool. Like he's invited me on the show. He's been nice to me. And, uh, I think he, I think he means well, but I'm responsible for my content. He's responsible for his, but I, I have, uh, you know, I like when people debate, honestly, like I like Alex and him talking and stuff like that. That's interesting to me. Someone said neo-feudalism is coming. What does that mean exactly? Let's see. We'll look it up. I obviously know what like the two words mean, but let's see. Neo-feudalism entails an order defined by commercial interests and administered in large areas. Maybe. Someone said, I'm sick and tired of Alex Jones lately. Yeah, I think Alex is kind of a phony now, you know? He, sa he seems like... Uh, he seems... This has always been my issue with Alex because I've not I'm not a hater of Alex. I, I've always like I think he's like a legend in like radio journalism and conspiracy theories. But my intuition when I was like 20 and I listened to Alex a few times is the same as it is kind of now. I thought that he was saying some real stuff, but his energy is just weird to me. Like he's always yelling, he's always angry. And he, he often says like everything, like with COVID, he'll say like, it's nothing, it's everything, it's so bad, it's a bioweapon, it's this, it's that. Like he'll say all sides of every topic and yell them every day because he always wants a headline. He always wants people to listen. I feel like he wants his audience to be like freaked out all the time. So it's like, you know, during COVID, I kind of just was like, he's kind of a phony because I, I want when when a lockdown's happening, of course, I want to listen to Alex Jones. Like, what is Alex saying? You know, I, I believe him more than some people. And I remember he was like, say, say a prayer. We're all going to die. And then a week later, he said, it's not that bad. So it's like he just likes to yell a lot where he's right a lot. But I just don't trust him. And I've watched his recent debates. He seems very phony and disingenuous. So, you know, it looks like Alex is now just trying to, like, do his impression. of He's like a boomer Crowder Kirk character who's just, like, yelling things and, like, yelling Iran. Like, he reminds me of, like, a neocon at this point. Like, he's just like, you know. And then... Also with the vaccine, it's like he tells everybody it's so bad, but then he tried to say one time that Trump was replacing it with sugar water and it's not bad. Like Alex is kind of like a piece of garbage in my opinion now. It's like you're going to tell your audience that the vaccine sugar water basically because you like Donald Trump and you have to come up with some fake theory to justify it. Like, dude, he's kind of a scumbag. Like, you know, 
he seems like a nice guy. He means well, I'm sure. He says a lot of true stuff. But like listening to him recently, he sounds like a totally different person than he was 10 years ago. And it sounds like he's like a gatekeeper, just like a an agent of chaos. You know, like he's just saying everything all the time. He's yelling. But then when he has debates with people, um, he, he acts very condescending and very fake. Like he's trying to stop people from saying certain stuff and make them look crazy. So I don't know. It's something's off there but i like some of his co-hosts i like harrison and and, and uh what's his, the other guy's name uh owen schroyer they seem they seem cool and yeah I, I, the energy like you don't want to scare your audience like every day but that's the thing though is like he's really good at business like you freak people out you sell things every five minutes like it's smart it's smart business but it's like you're always like hooked you know it's like a but once you get away from it you're like yeah like I know people that listen to him for a long time and then they stop listening for like two weeks and then they're like, yo, this is so much better. You know, I was kind of like addicted to that, like, you know, like thrill. Someone said he's uh he's unstable. You know, there's a Bible verse that says to uh, judge people by their fruits, you know, their action, their behaviors. And uh, I don't know, something about his behaviors is definitely unstable and erratic, but He's a legend in the game. I just, yeah, listening to him and watching the things he says, like they, it, something's off. Something's off for sure recently. Someone said, obviously you don't watch him because he's nothing like you describe. Okay, you can tell yourself that, but looking at him abandoning, holding Trump accountable. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's He loves just to like make a headline. He's like, if if, if Trump doesn't change his ways until November, I'll, I'm going to endorse DeSantis because DeSantis is talking about the vaccine. November comes, Trump's still still deriding Trump, like, or, or Alex is still deriding Trump. Like he, he, he does, He's just like a blowhard. He'll just yell and scream and say both sides of every argument and just yell because he wants you to pay attention to him. And then it's like, you know, he's just like erratic. So... I've heard him many times say that he was going to hold Trump accountable, but he's not. And and he always has to like do like five real theories and a few fake ones and confuse everybody. Like he'll say the vaccine's so bad, but then he'll say it's like secret sugar water. Trump's Trump's making it less bad. Like that's a complete lie. Like why would he lie to his audience like that? He had the one guy like Steve Piesneck or whatever who did the secret watermark ballot theory during the you know, when Trump was trying to get an office after November, which was the number one theory of the entire time from November to January, the number one theory was the the watermark ballot theory that was on Alex Jones's show. And it brought him probably millions upon tens of millions of viewers to band out video. And it ended up being a total lie. Like, you know, he has no problem. And then I, I watched him after that, talk about that. And he said, you know, it brought a lot of traffic to my website. It's like, he doesn't care that he literally scammed Trump supporters for two months with a fake theory that a guy told him he's just glad that everybody like clicked the, the link that he shared. Like, you know, that's the type of person he is. Like he didn't apologize for, for spreading the biggest lie. And, and I'm not saying it had a huge effect, but it's like when you only have three months from November to January to try to prove that the election was stolen and fake and, and people are running circles around an Infowars fake theory that, that someone said about the watermark ballots and Trump caught him where he is. Like, I feel like Alex is pretty shameless. Like he's a shame. And, and yeah, he just blames the Chai comms all the time. It's like, yeah, it's, it's the Chai comms, Alex. The Chai comms are running the media. It's the Chai comms. It, are, are the Chai comms in, in Ukraine? It's like, you know, it's uh, like Alex at this point is just like a blowhard for a lower information audience that doesn't realize 
who's really running the show. You know, he'll just say it's the Chai comms. Yeah, China has influence and power. I'm not saying they have zero, but Alex is not stupid. He's playing stupid. I think he's like playing a character at this point to uh, just, you know, run conservatives and freedom fighters in circles and never, I don't know, let them figure out what's going on. Someone said you should listen to his old interviews. I did. I've known Alex for not literally, but like I've known who he is for 30 years. I think you could find older clips of him where he knows everything that's going on. And now all of a sudden he doesn't. Who knows? Um, I want to see him and David Icke debate, though. I saw David Icke was talking trash about him that they should talk about America influence, who runs America foreign policy. That would be a good debate. I, I, I hope that happens because him and him and Alex disagree. And, uh, you know, I would love to see that. I think when two people disagree and they come together and have an honest conversation or they try to have like a good faith conversation, you can see the flaws in people's argument in real time. You know, if competing ideas, as long as they don't like act emotional and insane, debates suck when one person spirals and then it just gets weird. I debated this one guy, Nico House, one time, and I forget why. But like he like this, liberals have this weird like emotional thing. Like I think he's like a progressive. It reminded me of when Jesse Lee Peterson debated a progressive guy on uh, on the Young Turks and he was talking about White History Month. And this guy on, on the Young Turks was spiraling and he just kept cutting Jesse Lee Peterson off and he was getting angry. And then he cut the show because like he just can't handle anyone like it, it. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. But yeah, if you ever watched um, the guy from Young Turks. It's not Sank Uger or some black dude that they have as like a host or something. Like he spiraled at Jesse Lee Peterson and then uh and then like cut the thing. That's what that one guy did to me, where it's like I like debating, but he kept interrupting me, like Nico House, I think his name was. This was years ago. He's like, oh, 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 like every time I talked, I, I'd go to talking like, oh, oh, and I'm like, all right, stop, dude. Oh, oh. It's like like I was five years old again. It's like he just kept cutting me off because it's like, I don't know. Like yeah, Nico says some real stuff, but if you could find that interview of us a while ago, he was like emotionally spiraling and having like a some weird like mental attack where he just like cut me off for like 10 minutes straight. Like, blah, 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 and I was like, are, are you all right, bro? Like, he wouldn't let me talk. Like, he's just very like emotional, like a female, but some people do that. So the point I was trying to make is if people have a good faith debate, it's usually funny and interesting. But if one of the persons super emotional, and like spirals, then then the debate gets really like uh, it can go really south, you know. And then it's like, oh, I don't like like it's like uncomfortable. Someone said typical Young Turks. Yeah, if you could find like Jesse Lee Peterson came on and he's like, he's like, I created White History Month. And the guy's like, you did what now? And he's like, I created White History Month. And the, and, and the guy's like, why? And Jesse's like, cause you know, July just feels white. He's like, it's sunshine, reflecting time. And, and like, he was just being so funny about it. Like apparently Jesse Lee created white history month. And like, you could tell he's like kind of joking, but also Jesse's kind of serious. He's like trolley. And this guy was like spiraling. He's like, oh, no, no, no. he was freaking out about it. He's like, George Floyd, George Floyd. And like Jesse Lee's just like laughing and like, like just being like, blm is radical lesbians and he's like oh that's enough that's enough you know it's like dude jesse's hilarious even if you don't agree with him like it's pretty funny you know and like the the host like spiraled and cut the feed and then kicked jesse off like all angry and it's like all right bro you know yeah dude that's one of my that's a funny one for sure i like stuff like that someone said J jesse says a lot of things designed to trigger npcs but he allows the response 
Jesse's a very interesting debater because I mean, sometimes he could be like a little douchey, but uh, he he asks very simple questions, but but they bother they they could be they could be very bothersome. Like I remember when I was on, he was asking me like personal stuff, and it like it was a little uncomfortable, but I knew he was doing it for that reason, so I didn't like spiral. I just got like minorly uncomfortable. I watched him interview this progressive Kyle. What's that Kyle guy's name? Kyle Kalinsky. Um, Kyle Kalinsky, who's like a progressive Bernie bro character of some sorts. I'm not really sure um, what he does now, but Jesse asked him about like God or, or like what it means to be a man or very simple questions, you know, and, and it, it made me realize how dumb Kyle was because that's like liberals. They, they're like pseudo intellectuals. Like they know all these like statistics and stuff. Like if you say San Francisco sucks and it's getting shitty, they'll have some statistics to make it seem like it's not like Gavin Newsom's like that. He's like, well, 55% of it. Like it's like, bro, just walk around and use your eyes. You could tell that San Francisco is a shell of what it once was. Everyone knows that. Like it's not like even the people there know that, but the progressives, they always have this like pseudo intellectual like explanation for everything that doesn't match reality. And they think they're smart. So Jesse kind of like gets around all that by asking questions that have nothing to do with anything that like a normal smart person would be able to answer. But like Kyle Kalinske couldn't answer these questions. Like he was like spiraling off of the most simple question. It was just interesting. Like Jesse brings out a weird energy like and some people just can't handle it. Like if you're like a gay pastor, Jesse will be like, you, so you gay? And he'll be like, yeah. And Jesse would be like, why are you gay, though? And he'll be like, I don't know. I just am. And Jesse's like, that's gross. And, and then the guy will get up and be like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and Jesse will be like, beta. You know, like he doesn't say much, but he really like triggers people in the funniest way. Like he's like, why are you gay? I don't know. He's like, you can't be a gay pastor. And then he's like, I can, though. He's like, no, you can't. And then the guy like storms off, you know, and Jesse like never even gets angry or stuff. I, I don't know. It's pretty funny. Did I see Jesse interviewing Tito Ortiz? No. Is it funny? I just Tito was in my Instagram live stream last night. Uh, that's my guy. So I, I did not see that. But is it like, what did he ask? He's like, why you punch people in the face, though? <laughs> like, what would he ask a Tito? I'm wondering. That's pretty funny. Yeah, he doesn't get mad. I like Jesse. I've uh, I've gone to his church. I've been on his show twice. I brought Roseanne there. You know, he wanted to interview Roseanne. Roseanne wanted to talk to him. Uh, I, I like Jesse. He's he could be a little, a little sus, but you know, we all can. Adam Carolla did the best Gavin Gavin Newsom interview. That is a good interview. It's like a really old one. Uh, Adam Carolla was like going really hard. Someone said, don't say shit about Tito Ortiz. He'll come to your house and kick your ass. I'm friends with Tito. I'm not I'm not saying anything about him. He literally was in my live stream yesterday. We're friends. I'm not talking shit about Tito. I'm just wondering what Jesse asked Tito. You know, like, did he ask, like, what was, like, Jesse's questions? Because Jesse never asks you normal questions. He'll be like, why you fight, though? And he's like, that's just what I've done my whole life. And he's like, yeah, but why? <laughs> Jesse always has some weird, uncomfortable question that you like don't want to answer. He makes you uncomfortable purposely. Oh, you said not me, your buddy in the comments. I think Tito's a pretty peaceful guy at this point. I don't think he really cares about opinions of other people on comment section. So I'm sure Jesse's been saying the same thing for 30 years. I believe it. 
Jesse says that praying out loud is praying to the devil and you should only do a silent prayer. Yeah, I've never really heard that, but I don't, you know, I don't like follow him every day. So I just kind of watch him when I want to laugh. Tito asked him if he believes in evolution and he went off the rails. Interesting. Anyone who tears Gavin Newsom, a new asshole is A-OK in my book. Are you talking about the Adam Crow interview? Got you. Someone said, you hanging out with Roseanne, the blank, 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 hate speech, hate speech, hate speech. Roseanne's awesome. She's a, she's an American legend. And uh, yeah, we don't agree on everything. I mean, we talked about like QAnon on her podcast and I tried to tell her that I thought it was a psyop and she brought it up in her Jack Posebic interview. She was like, Anomaly told me to read the book, New Lies for the Old. And like she she was kind of getting it. So we I've been friends for Roseanne for a while. And, uh, you know, just because we disagree on some stuff like doesn't doesn't mean we're not friends like that's that's OK. She she has never once she has never once told me not to say anything. Roseanne has never once like called me anti-Semitic or anything. She's only defended me and told me that I was right. Like she's never ever told me that I can't think what I think and say what I say. And I've never told her that she can't think what she thinks and says what she, say what she says. Um, but I but on the podcast we talked about certain things. I brought up why the press called me anti-Semitic and lied about me. Uh, she brought up. Um, you know, the Q stuff. And I said, well, I don't believe it. Like, you know, we, I think we respect each other to the point where it's like, it's okay that, that we don't agree on everything. Cause it, it doesn't make us like hate each other, you know, but I understand if you like just watch someone on YouTube and you don't agree with what they say, like it's whatever, but I've known her before, like before that for like five, six years now. So it's not like I just saw her in a podcast and was like, Oh, I disagree with Q and on. It's like, it's not really like that. Someone said, good for you. People need to agree to disagree. It puts you in a position to research and learn. I like Roseanne. I like her son. I like her family. So yeah, it's a good time. Does she believe in, in Jesus as a savior? No, I don't think so. Probably not. She's not Christian. Does she believe in Q? I have no idea. I mean, you could watch her show to see what she believes. We talked about it a little bit, and I explained why I don't like the Trump idol worship and why I think it's a trick and a trap. And, you know, she listened, and, you know, there were some points where she agreed, some points where she disagreed, but she brought it up in a future interview with, like, Jack Posebic. So, so she listened, or, like, at least considered it. That's called prayer closet. I don't know. Hold on. I'm confused by what they're saying. Someone said, I dig Roseanne sometimes. She was calling out. Sorry, I missed your comment. She was calling out mass murder in the Philippines with Mike Tyson. Had no idea her and Mike Tyson talked about the Philippines, but you learn something new every day. Why did Tito leave office? Well, you would have to ask him, but the reason I believe he told like that I saw publicly, he just didn't want to deal with it. And I think people were bothering his kids or something. And I think that was like the final straw, but you got to ask him or watch his interviews. I think he didn't like how they were treating his kids and, and, and he just decided it wasn't worth it. Let me see. 
Someone said, it's funny how the Q-tarts have heard of every conspiracy except Operation Trust. I brought up Operation Trust on Roseanne and she got it. She talked about it. So it's just a matter of what you believe. Because like if you're if you're that into Q and you read Operation Trust, you're like, nah, you know, like it's easy to write stuff off. So MAGA hats and space defense. What does that mean? Space Force. Uh, let me see. All right, I'm going to take off within 10 minutes. Thank you guys for hanging out. I'll let you guys know real quick a few things. I have a lot of beanies left, so dreamrare.com if you want a beanie. Um, dreamrarebiz.com. Uh, I'm doing working with certain sponsors this year and doing social media consulting for people trying to build their business online. So dreamrarebiz.com, the link's in the bio. And also dreamrarelinks.com. Links, dreamrarelinks.com. You got my Facebook, my YouTube all my social media, my podcast, if you like to listen to audio, all that stuff, my Patreon, I have over 10 episodes on there, featuring a recent one with Steve Smith. He is the shoe designer for Kanye West and also the head of, I believe, interior design at Yeezy Donda right now. So we talked about stuff. It had really very little to do with politics. So I'm not sure for my audience, I know it's a political audience, but I hope people like that. So I have about nine or 10 secret podcasts on Patreon and then one with Steve Smith, the head of industrial design at Yeezy Donda. So just to switch it up, give people a non-political interview. Um, let me read. Someone said, I guess JFK was the original Q. He spoke about, well, the thing with Q is like people, he's not the original Q. Like Q Anon, the letter Q existed forever, but like Q Anon was created after like julian assange's wikileaks so in my opinion QAnon was piggybacking off a real wikileaks thing like rick wikileaks was real julian assange was real and it and it created new theories based of off of the emails and QAnon was created off of those emails so it's like to say that jfk was the original QAnon. it's like no QAnon is basically just pretending to be every conspiracy theory ever but just scrambling them up. It's like people talked about the military industrial complex. People talked about martial law and executive orders. Um, but they, they said the opposite of QAnon. Bill Cooper talked about that, but he said martial law was bad and the executive orders were proving that it's bad. QAnon flipped all these things on their head and said human trafficking is real. So now you have to believe that these executive orders that Trump is passing is good because he's going to use martial law against the bad guys. So, that, you know, it's like, when Trump passed executive orders, instead of being like, oh, those are deep state executive orders or those are like status quo establishment executive orders, QAnon would try to make it look good. You know, so QAnon, in my opinion, is like extremely uh, like opposite day. It's like give people the truth, give them the things and then make them think bad is good. In my opinion, it's like evil. It's like lockdowns are good. Martial law is good. It's like JFK is not the original Q. Q Anon didn't even exist until after Julian Assange's WikiLeaks. And then it just told everybody that WikiLeaks was fake after it, it was literally the whole reason that Q even existed on a message board. So I don't know. Someone said devolution, bro. Pence is a white hat. Mike Pence. Spell it backwards. What's Pence backwards? It's it. How do I do Pence backwards? And and what does that sound like? Come on, do it with me, folks. S That's Pence backwards. S What does that sound like? It sounds like someone peeing. What is P? It's a letter before Q. That means that 
the executive order is good and it's good that Trump's selling vaccines because he's going to beat Chrissy Teigen in an underground water cage, you know, and then he, he's still secretly the president, even though the country's falling apart. You trust the plan, though, right? You're not one of the bad guys. It's like, OK, a snip, a snip, just the just the <laughs> someone said executive orders don't override laws. Hopefully not, but I don't know. I'm not sure what they do, but they keep passing them. Q said to trust Pompeo. Yeah, trust Pompeo, trust Bill Barr, trust Jeff Sessions. You know, it's it's like so, it's like a cookie crumble for like adults to be like, you know, I get it. We all need an escape. Like I like sports, you know, or like I like watching sports. Like I like watching surfing or whatever. It's like that's my escape. But this is the escape. It's like you wake up in the morning and you're like, yeah, Q gave me a new drop. It gives my life meaning. And it's like, okay, I get it. But that ship has sailed, hopefully. Uh, God bless. Time to moderate for Outlaw Nation Family Rise Up. I'm not sure what you're talking about, but okay. Anomalies of black hat? No. It's like, if you don't agree with all my theories from the message board, you're a bad person. It's like, no. You're like, we're saving, we're saving the kids. Like, you're you're not, you're actually not though. You know who does save some kids? Like the groups that you want to abolish that actually like bust child trafficking sometimes. I'm not saying that's all they do, but like, you know, the groups that you're trying to abolish or that Vivek is trying to abolish, they like stop child traffickers and cartels all the time. But I'm sure he would do that, right? He would get rid of those agencies and, and do it himself or something. And I'm not saying they're all necessary. I think a lot of these things need to be downsized and, uh, you know, but whatever. Let me read. Lenin said it out, right? He stated that you don't fight the opposition, you control it for sure. And I mean, it's obvious in some ways, but it's hard for some reason, I don't really have this in me, but it's hard for people to admit that they got tricked, right? There's that old saying about being fooled. It's easier to fool someone where in order to, to like point out that certain people are not really what they think, it it, it involves people being like, oh, maybe I wasn't completely right about that, which is no big deal. But people don't want to do that. So they'd rather just ride it till the end. Like they'll ride it till the end and be like, I know my guy hired all them, but you know, it's different. And it's like, it's really not though, but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Was Q ever right about anything? Well, if you say enough stuff, like if I wrote a message board every day for three years and I just wrote 15 different things in codes with question marks, it's going to come true. The blackout one I like to reference where it's like a blackout coming. It's like blackouts happen every day, all the time, all around the world. There's never going to go a day that doesn't have a blackout somewhere around the world. It's like with COVID numbers. Go, go, to, go, go to Google and search COVID cases, 766, 744, 25, 52, 547. Take any number from 1 to 999 and you're going to find an article for COVID cases. It's just basic like algorithmic reality of how many articles they wrote, how many days, how many countries, how many states, how many counties, how many cities, how, how many places around the world. And you'll find an article for every single one of them. Literally come up with a number. 450. Here, I'll do it right now. I'll just search. You can't see it, but I'll 457. I just thought of it. 457 COVID cases. Let's see. Oh, what do you know? LA County. It comes up. Los Angeles Daily News. LA County posts 
457 new coronavirus cases. Nigeria records 457 cases. Board of Health reports 457 cases in Martha's Vineyard, UW-Madison, KGT, Center for Disease Control. Wow. Let me take another one. Mm, let me do 939, 939 COVID cases. Oh, wow. China reports 939 COVID cases. Daily case update, 939 COVID cases. San Diego County reports 939 COVID cases. Kimball, Texas reports 939 COVID cases. You can literally find every single number from 1 to 999 multiple times everywhere. So with QAnon, you post 10 things a day, almost every day for three years. Now you have over a couple hundred posts about all these things and you're not even making definitive statements. You're making question marks and people are like, look, there's a blackout. Guys, there's probably 10,000 blackouts every year all around the world. So you find one and then you say it relates to this and then you say it relates to that. It's like, it's not that hard to be right when you're saying question codes. Like big, the funniest one to me was like big drop big drop coming next week and like every day something weird happens there's always going to be a tragedy there's always going to be an event it's been non-stop uh entertainment for the last eight years politically and then it's like look this happened today and QAnon said a big drop was coming and it's like you know what a big you know what the biggest drop is every time these people talk to me there's a big drop in my iq it just falls down so i had to stop talking to them because that's the real big drop it's like you know it's just basic like psychology of like how you can just like ask questions and it's like a fortune cookie you open it and it's like there's gonna be a person in your life that's bothering you oh my gosh she knows about stephanie no lady she doesn't know about stephanie it's a fortune cookie it just says generic things that re relate to everyone all the time it's like you're gonna get lucky and oh me no not you you, you think the fortune lady knew you were gonna pick the, you know get the chicken chow mein get over yourself you know it's like i like fortune cookies it's like there's going to be a moment in your life where there's going to be a new direction. Really? Me? Just eat the egg roll and shut your mouth. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's like it's fortune cookie codes for, for boomer cute ladies, you know, where they're like, what? There's a new code? It's like martial law would be good. And it's like, no, it wouldn't. But 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 Q told me who's Q. I don't know. I just follow. It's like, okay. I think the guy who chopped the guy's head off was probably real too. I mean, that's insane, but it's like, dude, some of these people are that crazy. Not all of them. It's like with January 6th, like, yeah, some feds were there. Yes, feds were misleading you. But are we all going to pretend, like everyone pretends, like if you get 100,000 Trump supporters in one area, that not a single person's going to do something stupid. Like it was all the feds. Guys, there's going to be at least 100 to 300 people there that are stupid, that are going to do stupid stuff follow stupid people. Some of them will get tricked by feds. Other of them just act like feds and they do stupid shit. I've been to left-wing protests. I've been to right-wing protests. There's always got to be that guy who blocks traffic or that guy who jumps over a fence. People don't act right. You know, that's why I don't hang out with hundreds of thousands of people unless it's at like a, a fun event or something. I, I don't know. I'm not saying everyone deserves to be charged. Of course, that's not true. There's a lot of people getting raw deals, but like Everyone that talks about it, they have to play the victim. And they're like, oh, it was all the feds and we didn't do anything. It's like, yeah, you did, though. Like, not you personally, but like, you're, you're really going to sit there and pretend like everyone was just being innocent angels and, and only the feds did stuff like you're lying to yourself. But that's like the right wing now. It's this whole victim mentality where like you can't take accountability for anything. You just always got to like blame the left and blame the deep state and blame the feds. 
It's like, why don't you tell your supporters to stop acting like feds, talking like feds, walking like feds, getting set up by feds and doing the work of literal feds without the feds even having to be there? Like, no, none of that. It's like, we all just got tricked. It's like, you know, people like not everyone did the right thing. And it comes to like, in my view, I think it comes to like an attention thing where I'm not saying everybody, but like if I would have been on January 6th, there's no way in hell I would have walked anywhere near the Capitol. Like I know myself and I would have been like, Ooga, Ooga, like a, like a red alarm, a red flag going off in my head. Like, what are we doing? Why are we here? What is this going to be? But a lot of the people there, they want attention. They wanted a selfie. They wanted to live stream. They want people to think that they're rebels and they, ha ha ha, look how cool I am. And they walk right into the Fed trap. Cause it's like, you know, they got to take a selfie on the Capitol. They have to insert themselves as an important person. They need the megaphone. Like, you know, a lot of it is that, or it's like the people who entered and walked around, like the QAnon uh, shaman is a perfect example. Like you don't go to an event dressed like that if you don't want attention. Like if you don't want attention and you just want to be part of something, you only dress like that if you want to be the star of the show. He's a former actor, I think. Like, you know, he looked cool with all the QAnon shaman stuff. Like that's the thumbnail. That's he's the star, you know, like he wanted, he was the star. And it's like he walked around. He's like, oh, there's energy in here and crystals. And it's like, whatever, whatever you want to tell yourself, bro, like the energy of the c Congress, like, you know, it's like a moment. It's like a moment to just like hang out with the bros and, you know, walk through the halls. And he didn't do anything like uh, violent or anything. He seems like a super chill guy. But it's like, you know, he wa he wanted to just walk around and just do stuff. I don't know. You know, like there's some people that want to do that and other people that they look at that and they're like, nah, I'm not going in there, you know? Have I listened to him speak um, a little bit? I mean, I can't say I've been that interested in like his recent interviews, but I'm sure he's pretty smart, right? He's he's definitely like pretty like spiritual and like hippie. Um, I don't think he did anything violent and I think he got let in there by like Capitol Police. So I think it's fair that he got out of whatever he got out of. You know, he's free now. I think he should be free, but it's like, I don't know. Someone said he's going to use the capital crystals to build a new lightsaber. I don't know about that. Um, Russia will out outshine America over the next 20 years. If we don't get our act together, I think Russia will outshine us. I think China will outshine us. I think Saudi Arabia and Dubai will outshine us. You know, America, American politicians literally just like rape our wallets. Like they, they literally don't care about building anything great. Saudi Arabia, Dubai, China, Russia these countries are building things for their people. They don't like, they, they're not antichrist to the largest extent. I'm not saying China is like amazing or, or, or these places are amazing, but America is like running off the spirit of antichrist. Everything's a scam. Everything's a usury loan. It's all credit card debt. It's all like sodomy for Uganda. Everything we're doing, it's like, what are we building? Are we trying to create anything? You know, we're tearing down statues of, of George Washington and putting up satanic statues. Like, you know, like America's disgusting. Like, I love America, but like, yeah, we need to save it. We need to fix it. Like we can't just watch these people destroy it completely. And like, you know, just play along. It's like, and it requires, I believe people just figuring out what's going on and like peacefully just saying no, you know, but everybody plays along to it in their own way. Cause they think they're like fighting the other side, you know, it's like this weird game. So I would love to think that America will be better than Russia in 20 years, but not at, like at this rate. No, but if people wake up and have this like spiritual awakening, 
and make it so uncool to do what they're doing. I think it's possible. I, I just, it's hard to tell. There's so many like pieces moving at once where you're like, what's going to happen first? Are people going to figure it out or do they need to suffer more? Like, you know, in the cities, like, are they done getting robbed? Like, do they want harsher penalties? It's hard to really tell, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in this election and we'll see how people respond. I want to say this before I leave. Whether Trump wins or loses, uh, if he wins, especially this, but also because if he loses, people already hate Biden. But your response, in my view, matters more than what he does. Like the left lost their mind over Trump. It was their response that was crazier than what Trump was doing. But also the right, they're too obsessed with Trump where their response doesn't make sense because they think he's always a victim who doesn't know what he's doing. So they baby him and let him get away with doing terrible stuff. So like the future of this country, whether Trump wins or loses, but especially if he wins, is going to be the response of Trump supporters, conservatives, libertarians, patriots, honest progressives, whoever, you know, moderate people. Are you going to pay attention and be a man or a woman and figure out what's going on and just like use your voice to speak the truth? Or are you just going to be a fan and a spectator who hallucinates what you wish was happening while it doesn't happen? I believe we can change the trajectory of the country with our spirit and the culture. But if you, it's not like Trump's fault, but the reaction to Trump is insane on both sides. And it creates this perfect storm where nothing has to be done because the left just hates him and the right just thinks he's going to do it. And neither of them are really true. So I, I don't see why he's a huge threat. Like in some ways he is, but I, I don't see him as a huge threat. I see him as like, he's going to hire all these people. He's going to do all the same stuff. He's going to, he's going to make it seem like he's going to do something and then not do it. Like with Ukraine, he'll have good rhetoric. He'll be like, yeah, Ukraine war is crazy. But then if you listen to him talk now, he's just talking about like Europe funding them. Like instead of being like, yo, we got to stop doing it. He's like, Europe needs to give them more money. Why does Europe need to give them more money? Not only does Europe not need to give them money, but America doesn't need to give them money. So it's like Trump's like, if we give them money, you have to give them money too. It's like, and then people are going to play along with that and be like, look at that based video. And it's like, it's not based. He's just a good politician is able to like say everything, you know, like Obama's good at it. Trump's good at it with this base. I'm not saying he's not going to do anything, but if the base reacts and responds to him normally the, and, and, and like has their wits about them, then they can influence what he does. But if they're just going to sit there and watch it as like spectators and fans, then, uh, you know, I think it's going to like the cultural shift is not going to fully happen until after Trump because he's almost blocking it in some ways because it's not his fault, but people, they, they like him too much and they hate him too much. It's like this weird, you know, dual phenomenon going on where like nobody can think straight when it comes to Trump. Like, I'll give you an example. If I say, you know, income tax is too high, everyone goes, yeah, I go income tax is communist. People go, yeah, I go, you know, and then I say like, it, it, it's not going to change under Obama, Trump or Biden. It's still going to be too high. Now, Trump supporters get mad at me because they heard the name Trump and it wasn't with a compliment. So now they spiral like you almost have to baby these people because if you tell them the truth, they, they can't handle it. It's like I'm not saying he's horrible. I'm just saying like, you know, he printed more money than Obama and that's how economics works. And now it's like I'm dissing him because the reality of what happened doesn't match what they wanted to happen. So now they default to excuse mode instead of just standing firm on their values. Like it, you, you can't tell these people anything. Like I make an Instagram reel that's so important and everybody gets mad at me. They're like, oh my gosh, you just, you're a hater. You're this and that. If I just didn't say his name, 
and made up a new name, they would like that. They would like what I said. It's just like the fact that he's involved in it in a way that they don't want him to be makes them like spiral with Biden. It's like, if I say Biden sucks or Biden did this or Biden signed the bill, no one gets mad at me. It's like, I don't, I don't say like, it's the Democrat, the dinos, the Democrats in name only. It's like, no, it's the whole party. And that guy, they're all, they all are in on it. But like, you can't say that with him. It's this weird thing, but appreciate you guys. God bless. I'll have an Instagram reel and a TikTok tomorrow. I'm a little under the weather today, but I feel good. I, uh, I, I did a sauna and uh, I think it worked. So we'll see. Appreciate you. I'll be back soon. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Just a few ways to stay in touch and support if you'd like to. The first way is dreamrare.com. We have blue beanies, black beanies, pink hats, other colored hats, freedom versus tyranny shirts, stay blessed long sleeve, God is great long sleeve, and lots of more cool items coming soon. Dreamrare.com. Check out the shop to support. Everything's made in the United States. Handpicked by me. Patreon.com slash rare talk for $5 a month. You can help support me. Support the show. If you haven't noticed, unlike other channels, I don't work with very very many sponsors, sometimes none at all. And part of the way I'm able to do that is with the dream.